0: Welcome to a brand new episode of Mother and Mind. Mother and Mind is a podcast where we talk about motherhood. It's not the bookish motherhood things, but everything that is in reality. Whatever is being told here is totally a personal experience, either of my own or from my mommy friends and to some extent from a few fathers too. I have been thinking the whole last week about what should be the topic for this podcast What aspect of the motherhood journey should we discuss? After a lot of pondering, I thought let's talk about the toughest phase of the motherhood journey. Now I am wondering which one is it? Is it the birthing process or is it something that comes after the birthing process? I know, I know, a few of you are rolling your eyes right now. Especially the ones who are trying to conceive or are pregnant, waiting for the due date, Other ones just turned into a new mom. You are going to say, of course, the birthing process is the toughest of all. But if there are any seasoned moms here listening, they will understand what I am trying to say. And hey, whoever you are, whichever phase you are in, I am with you. You have my full support. I know it is not easy. Okay. Without taking any further time, let's jump into the podcast and let me tell you what I think about this phase, what I think is the toughest. Before we start, a quick introduction for all my new listeners and the old ones, please bear with me. I am Namita Das, a mother to a toddler, a book writer and I love to talk. It's redundant but I can't keep myself from mentioning this. So, let's get started. Is the birthing process the toughest part? When I realized I was pregnant, there were a series of emotions. First, I was worried because I had missed my periods and I had a vacation planned for Bali. I was not okay to manage the trip just in case this red best friend of mine planned to accompany me to the beautiful land of mountains and beaches. Next, I was shocked as I had this long-drawn issue of PCOD and was kind of told it's impossible to conceive with the 3mm by 3mm large chocolate cyst settled in my ovary. But as I held the pregnancy kit in my hand watching the two pink lines turn bright, I was shocked. When it finally dawned upon me that I have conceived a baby, I gave out this news to friends and family. I was super thrilled at the thought that I will be having a tiny baby in my arms in 9 months. As I grasped this information myself, nervousness crept in. And I wondered if I am really ready for this responsibility, if I really should or I shouldn't go ahead. Then after a couple of weeks of pondering and thinking and morning sickness and fatigue and several types of mood swings, ultimately, there was acceptance to welcome this new human into our world. As we moved ahead with this decision, we finalized a good gynecologist. We regularly visited her and had our monthly checkups. Every time I went in, I could hear the tiny heartbeat on the machine. We were told about the progress of the baby And everything was well, the baby was growing fine inside me, the sonograms were perfect, I was happy and I was getting plump, having food cravings, eating everything I wanted in the name of, oh the baby is asking me for it. It was super fun, we did not even realize and the 9 months were gone in a bliss. It was just a day before my due date, a thought came into my mind that everyone, with who I have been talking has told me about the birthing process and what I should expect during the delivery, how I should prepare the hospital bag. But no one, absolutely no one talked about the moment after the baby is born except what I should carry for the baby in the hospital bag. But apart from that, nobody ever told me or had any advice about being a mother raising the child. I wondered, what do I do with the baby? How do I take care of it? And that I don't know anything. I was just enjoying this pregnancy, but now I know nothing. I was petrified. Then I had a C-section when the baby was born, or say, was pulled out of me. I was told it was a boy, and I was happy to know. I had a baby boy and still I didn't have any other emotions at that time after the surgery when I was taken to my room they again showed the baby and again I had no emotions at that particular moment I thought that was so wrong of me that I don't feel anything for my own baby still I didn't feel connected since I was operated The hormones didn't naturally kick in to produce the breast milk. And I was unable to feed the baby. I felt pressurized by the lectures from the nurses, doctors, lactation consultants that how it has to be done. I just felt someone giving me a theory on how to swim but I cannot dive into the pool. This theory isn't helping me, sorry. Three days later, my boy was detected with jaundice which I found was common for newborns, especially the ones delivered by C-section. Not at all easy. I was myself soon up a few days ago, trying to recover, and then the baby, who I have been waiting for months, is put in a box of light. I was horrified, and I felt, what have I gotten into? with a healthy and recovered baby but wait 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 the hospital rounds don't just end here For me of course I have to get the stitches checked with the baby it was a full year of different vaccinations at a frequency of a month or so. also it didn't finish at the vaccinations post-vaccination fever and pain were welcome for the day. I shudder every time I remember this vaccination appointments was as much in pain as my little darling the pricks on the tiny limbs was just too much to take somehow i mastered this breastfeeding with inverted nipples that's another issue but we won't go into that so almost two months had passed and i'll be honest i still did not feel very connected with my boy i breastfed him swaddled him cleaned him but they were just like some tasks until one day i tried to take some pictures with him and he responded to all my cues he looked at me and i poked my tongue out he did it i winked and he blinked that day i felt a connection i had no idea why i had this gap but yes it took me two months to bond with my own baby i talked to a very close friend of mine and found out this is normal and it's a sign of postpartum depression so if you ever feel this with your future baby or are going through this too, do not worry. Consult your doctor. This happens to most mothers. It is common and can be treated. But please, do seek help. Moving ahead. As my son grew, every time I felt I have accomplished dealing with a certain tantrum, ding, came a new one. As kids grow, they master several things by themselves. But thanks to social media. Have innumerable teachers on baby led weaning. Yes, a training for you to get your child to eat on their own and eat everything. I tried that and failed. Tried again and succeeded, and was happy. But then I failed again. With my boy's growing age, his food habits are changing. He likes a few foods. May chomp on them. Feed himself happily. But then there are a, there are a few days where mommy has to feed me or I won't eat. How can you say no to that cute demand? But how do you sit there for an hour when they chew slowly? Yet you have to cope with it. Then another battle. Screen time or no screen time? Before becoming a mother, I would proudly say, No, my child will never get the screen." child will be a complete bookworm. And I tried that, but it's not as easy as it sounds. In today's digital world, it's not possible not to give your child the screen. Sometimes you just need to give it for your sanity. There have been times when I just needed 15 minutes of quiet time, but my son just hung on my shoulders for attention and the only thing that came to my rescue was a tab. I gave it to him so that I can peacefully give a visit to the loo or just lie down quietly. Then, the biggest aspect. What kind of a mother are you? Are you a working mom? Then you'll have to hear things like, you are running away from your responsibilities, the poor child is getting raised by a stranger because the mother cares for money more than the child. But the fact is, Working moms are away from the child for 10 to 12 hours or even more depending on the job type. But these moms are constantly juggling their brains trying to justify the compensation they are receiving while also balancing the needs of the child. Some are pumping breast milk in the restroom. Some have to attend a call every 2 hours from the babysitter because she's confused. Some have to make sure to leave exactly on time so that the baby can be picked up from the daycare and so on. On the other hand, if you are a stay-at-home mom, you can be labelled as lazy, sitting around the house the whole day. No one might even notice the hardships and forget, forget listening to the woos associated with staying at home 24 by 7 with a tiny human. It becomes very lonely because there's no one with whom they can share their feelings. These moms are either crying alone in the shower, if at all they get time. Shower peacefully, or maybe mindlessly scrolling through the phone, skipping their slip, sleep because that's the only quiet meal time they get. Their whole day is spent either wiping the bummies, feeding and cleaning after them, picking up the mess made during the three to five meal times, a day's laundry of the baby, which is more than a week's laundry for the whole house, and at all times making sure the baby is safe checking if they are breathing. I admit, I did this when my boy slept. Then the biggest challenge arises, just in case there are any developmental delays in the child. No two children are the same and so no one can come up and exactly help you in this particular trial, except a few who might say wait and see. At this time, when you might need a good professional counsellor to understand as well as the child's need you may come across a few who would want to take advantage of your vulnerability. Yes that happens too. I promise to take this up and share my, share my experience in a future podcast but for now if you do have even an iota of doubt of any developmental delay in your child seek professional help take multiple opinions but it's always good to get early intervention then wait and see. After all this, I want to say that there are several methods to prepare you for delivering the baby and your experience can be very similar to someone else's. But your parenting experience might never be similar to another parent. You can anticipate what is coming your way, but you can never be sure it will be as you think it should be. No class or training can teach you parenting. Your experience will always be your best teacher. Kids are a tiny version of us. We think parenting is methodically following a process to raise this tiny human. We think we can tame them. But parenting is not taming. It is living and growing with a human, who has a brain that signals and sends as many, in fact, more emotions than a fully grown adult. Raising them is principally understanding to deal with the emotions and not expecting them to listen and obey just because they were born out of you. And this, my friend, is the toughest part. Not pregnancy, not birthing. The ultimate parenting project is the toughest. I wish there was something to prepare and tell a mother that it won't be easy. That it can get lonely and depressing. You may rethink your decision and feel that you made a wrong choice. But this is all a part of this journey. A baby comes with a package. If you love playing with them and listening to their coos, the repetitive playing can become frustrating and the loud constant blabbering can get on the nerves. Yes. The same child whom you adored a moment ago might feel like a monster the next moment. But it is not the child. It is us. We are the ones who need support, care and time offs from being parents. Believe it or not, parenting is a full time job and like any other job it can get monotonous and boring but you don't have an option to quit but what you can do is take a break. You may feel, oh, it's easier said than done. But every problem comes with a solution. We have to focus on the solution. Find our support. Build an ecosystem where we can shape a harmonious life. Because similar to the pregnancy phase, this too shall pass in a place. We may not be liking it initially, but as we learn and master living with it, it will be gone. No more dependencies, no more mess tantrums, no screams, silence filled in the house and before you realize it years later you may be sitting here listening to me talking about emptiness syndrome. I hope you enjoyed listening to this podcast. If there is anything you would like to tell me? Do write to me at namita at penitratherkeyit dot com. If there is any specific topic you want me to speak on, you know where to reach me. Till then, have a happy weekend.